Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NFL. That's the scary thing. I, I'm not too sure where, where I'll, I'll be living next year. <laughs> yeah. At about this time, because all, all the teams that I've talked to, they've they've all been really, really good. So it, it's tough to tell. Miami, there. Tua Tagovailoa. Not sure where he's going to go. Projections all have him going to Miami. You buying a PK Miami, or you think it's really up in the air? I would say it's up in the air to an extent because I think just about every draft, all it takes is one, oh, I didn't see that coming, wherever that might be, you know, Mitchell Trubisky or whatever, whoever it is, whenever it is. If it's early, the earlier, the more chaotic, the more unpredictable, the more those mock drafts are thrown out completely. Now, if things stay to form, well, then it's more likely. But who knows what somebody's thinking, particularly this year when you're not having pro day, you're not having your doctors check them out, you're not necessarily being able to interview them face-to-face. Maybe, though, with more free time, it's allowing you to do more research. But, you know, particularly at the quarterback position, it's a position where it doesn't transfer all the time successfully from high school to college and certainly from college to NFL. So you throw that all in there, and, you know, I like what you're saying, but who really knows? Yeah, I think the who really knows thing is if someone who wants a quarterback is willing to trade up, that's where I think it could get crazy. You know, there may be somebody who really likes him, and we don't know it now, and they've kept it quiet. And maybe they try to trade into that spot with Miami. Maybe they try to trade in in front of Miami. That, to me, would be the wild card. And why, if I were him, I would think I could end up anywhere. I think if the draft is status quo, then he's a Dolphin. And if the Dolphins do pass because they are uncomfortable with the health stuff, then I think the Chargers take him with the very next pick. So, Dolphins one, Chargers two. The chaotic element to me would be trade possibility. That, that, could, uh, that could send him anywhere. And it's the reason he shouldn't be buying real estate in Miami yet anyway. Uh, the other NFL news, this doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I know sometimes teams say something, but I think this time I'm taking it face value. The blockbuster deal, the Texans, the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, David Johnson going to Texas, uh, yeah, going to Texas, and, and some draft picks involved as well. Uh, Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury, there's not concern. Uh, the, the deal isn't official, uh, but we'll get it done. Obviously, the medical field and personnel have much bigger fish to fry at this point, so it's been slower than it normally would be. But I have no doubt it's going to be done before the draft. I'm taking him face value there. I think, it's, I think he's probably spot on. You want to doubt him or no? I don't know, especially with O'Brien's comments. They were somewhat inflammatory towards DeAndre Hopkins. So it seems like, uh, to an extent, in the immediate future, that bridge has burned a little bit there. So, yes, I'm expecting that trade to go down. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are redoing their uniforms. NBA only lets you do that every five years. Tom Brady's under center. They're going to be wearing the uniforms from their Super Bowl era. When I heard they were going to their old uniforms, I thought, wow, creamsicle for Tom Brady? Yes. Yeah, bring it on. No. Well, you said the NBA was going to allow it. So, I mean, the NBA has a lot of influence. But I think the NFL will take care of it. The NFL, yes. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Potentially, I could see it starting that way. You know, maybe you say 
we're going to play a game or two that way. I don't think you can conduct a season that way. I think spectators are too central to the experience. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to our students. You know, and I, I, I'm, I don't like the idea of our our game day stadia just being television studios. Uh, and they they need to be alive with people in attendance. That's Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. Not a fan of playing games without fans in the stands, although he did say maybe for a game or two. Uh, I think the thing here is Dr. Fauci said yesterday that he thinks schools will probably, probably be able to open in the fall. If schools open in the fall, then where's the debate? You'd have fans in the stands. If you can have fans on campus, and away you go. I'm going to have a drink every time you quote this Dr. Fauci as if he's God himself. <laughs> he's not God himself, but he seems to have a lot of say. Got a lot of pull. He's got a lot of pull. <laughs> Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy said Tuesday that his goal is to return to the football building on May 1st because he hopes the test for COVID-19 will be available in a few weeks to clear both employees and players. A proposed timetable the university and the athletic director quickly disputed. AD Mike Holder declined to back Gendy's timeline, saying in a statement, May 1 seems a little ambitious. Well, so what? He's a football coach. He wants to coach football. He's a man. He's approaching 50. And so he wants to get out there. And I think that if you uphold every football coach, that's exactly what they would want to do. What do we expect these guys to say? This is all they know. They're not medical people. They're not Dr. Fucci. And so what do you expect them to say? They want to be out on the football field. They want to be in the football facility. It's not like they have any power or anything. They have no influence. So... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna one by one now. If the football coaches say this, we're gonna slam them individually because this is what they want. Yeah, and the lawyer and the banker and the cop. One thing's for certain: they want this coronavirus pandemic isolation to stop. But they all want it. So, yeah, I get it. But we gotta go back to Dr. Fucci. Fauci, don't don't mangle the name of a dude, <laughs> an Italian guy from Brooklyn. He's your people. Come on. I, was gonna I mean, Brooklyn ain't Jersey, but come on. I'm going to say, guy from the Northeast who's got an Italian background, PK. I'm not, I'm not mangling anything. It's just, Dr. Fucci. Yeah, you're mangling. Nah, I mean, I, I, if I go Dr. Fauci, I'd be saying Dr. Dan Fauci, and that would just make it all crazy. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I think by any means necessary, we're going to try to, you know, salvage the season. And right now we're fighting, you know, Michelle and most of the guys think, you know, that we're for sure going to have a season. It's just going to start, you know, later than we expected. And, um, you know, just trying to get the next season uh, to be able to be pushed back is not going to be as easy as people think it's going to be. So all the things that you hear in the news and seeing and reading, don't believe it that the NBA season's canceled. That's not true. Danny Green, holding out hope, expecting to restart the NBA season at some point. Should we put him right next yes. to football coaches? The basketball players want to play basketball. Football coaches want to coach football. This is uh, dog bites man stuff. Well, of course they do. And I'm not going to sit here every day and just be negative. I really don't think our listeners want to hear all this doom and gloom about, oh, my gosh, Dr. Fauci said this yesterday. He said that yesterday. I mean, they can see that for themselves if they're interested. So, yeah, why not remain optimistic until the, the 
plug is pulled or the, what the cord is snapped or the arm is twisted. Whatever you want. Whatever metaphor. Because I speak in similes and metaphors. All the great ones do. And go ahead and have an idea that they'll return at some point because I think that's what they're trying to do. It's like a chef. It is. Arizona freshman guard Nico Mannion stunned DJ and PK by declaring for the 2020 draft. He was second team All-Pac-12, and he is the son of former Ute and Jazz player Pace Mannion. Nico going to the draft. I didn't see it, PK. Did you? Well, actually, I see it more than ever, you know, and I realize you're just making fun because this is what the plan was. I mean, Pace told us that, or at least I know he told me that. Uh, when the kid uh, decided to skip his senior year, now they held him back or of something. Of high school, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know that was the plan all along. But I think it's the plan now more than ever because I mean, we uh, I I don't really know. I don't know the kid at all, but I know Pace. I hope that the Jazz draft him, not because I want to see him play for the Jazz, because Pace said he was going to move to wherever the kid was uh, living and so I would like to see Pace back in our community I miss seeing him on a regular basis I miss talking to him he taught me a lot about basketball so for selfish reason I don't care about the where the kid goes but I would like to see Pace back in our community but I think that it, it particularly I was thinking about this yesterday about what to say on it and try to give a basketball angle on it rather than the friendship that in today's world the Jock Vaughns of the world are not going to be a first-round draft pick. And what I mean by that, we know that Jock Vaughn couldn't shoot very well, right? That wasn't his forte. Well, the way the game is gone now, you need guys at the point who can be able to shoot. And Nico, he didn't shoot uh, either 40% from the three or from the field. So my thought is that if he went back and played another year in that flat, dull offense of Sean Miller and doesn't get in a groove he could potentially drop out of the first round so he has to go now now you could say well man suppose he has a big time season next year sure that could happen but i don't trust the offense that sean miller runs to suit nico's talents better so i would like to see him get into the nba and find out where he stands because i don't really think literally and uh, to this extent of duration in the NBA could he afford to stay at Arizona anymore because I don't think it was going to get any better than it was this year it's just not the way it, it works I mean Sean Miller doesn't really produce a lot of big-time talent he recruits four and five star guys left and right but it's not like they're just wow look at these guys and they're just high picks now he had DeAndre Ayton as the first round pick or first pick of the draft uh two years ago but that doesn't look like it was the right move, right? I mean, you redo that draft, there's no way he's going that high. And he's an okay player, but will he ever live up to the number one status? But as far as Nico, there's no question he made the right decision. Nico shot 39% from the floor, 33 from three, and I really think his game's cut out uh, to be running the pick and roll. Stuff I saw in high school when he was really good, that's what he was doing. And it was more uh, UCLA high post, bring the ball up the court, throw it to a guy on the wing, and then wait to get the ball back, which I, I didn't think really played to his strengths. So I'm with you. Go right now. They'll draft you on potential. If you have another uh, year where you're dribbling up, throwing the ball to the wing, and then waiting to see if maybe you get it back, yeah, 
that that would hurt your draft stock big time. So not at all surprised he's going. Uh, the other news, Ke- uh, Kevin Garnett said he is not entertaining the idea of the Timberwolves retiring his number 21, saying he hasn't forgiven the team owner, Glenn Taylor, after an acrimonious split in 2016. Glenn knows where I'm at. I'm not entertaining it. First of all, it's not genuine. Two, he's getting pressure from a lot of fans and I guess the community there. Well, I think it's healthy to hold grudges as long as you possibly can. No, you don't. You know, I came from a line of great grudge holders. And I I think that in this situation, we should go to Dr. Fauci to see what he says. Because he's going to tell you, don't hold Hold grudges grudges that long. No, it's not worth it. In an effort to shield lower-income employees from being asked to take pay cuts, the Lakers reportedly asked team executives to voluntarily defer 20% of their salaries due to the economic uncertainty with regards to the season being suspended and COVID-19 pandemic. Probably going to see more of these stories, I would think, PK. Yeah, I'm never going to say this group of people should sacrifice their money for that group of people because it's easy to say when it's not your money. So, yeah, they should. They're making millions or whatever. So give up your money for the sake of uh, somebody else. You know, if they want to do that, that sounds good, and that's a great principle to help out your fellow man in these situations. It's not my place to tell someone to give up their money. Uh, At the same time, I would love to see it. So everybody, uh, not everyone, has to suffer. The more folk we can help uh, at the lower end, the better off we'll all be, I would think. But that's up to them if they agree with that or not. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I know that all the people at MLB is trying to figure out a way, and it's a huge challenge, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that somehow, some way, we get baseball back, and it can play a role in uh, getting back to some level of normalcy, some level of distraction, some level of entertainment that uh, we all need. That's Cal Ripken Jr. right there. The, uh, the, uh, he's got the streak. They had him on TV to talk about the streak because, well, you got to talk to somebody about something. Why not? Through all the video of him running around the field, uh, high-fiving everybody. It was a cool moment. Uh, me, me, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was uh, working the slot that night at the Watchdog, and the slot is in charge of laying out the paper. And I wrote the headline, Ripken's streak dash so long. I thought it was freaking clever, but uh, who knows? Uh, I, I Probably somebody got credit for it, uh, who knows, back in those days. But the thing that I've seen on this is that uh, one of my friends that I actually went to high school with who works for The Athletic and used to work at the Arizona Republic saying, come on, there's no way players are going to be isolated from their families from four, for, for four and a half months. That's unrealistic. I thought to myself, well, thank goodness the military doesn't think that way. Because these people are isolated from their families months at a time repeatedly. And we can't ask these guys to play a game for four and a half months in which, you know, they maybe not be living in the same house as their family. Now, it's easy for me to say because I don't have to do it. I get it. Uh, And it wouldn't be uh, during that time, half the time, you wouldn't be around your family anyway. Because road trips, you know, road you're, trips. you're playing yeah. right, yeah. and especially in baseball, you know they can last uh, three, four series, uh, whatever it might be. So I thought that was somewhat disrespectful to the military who has to do that all the time. But 
Nevertheless, that's the that's one of the issues. I don't know if they could pull it off. I think from the fan standpoint, they'd be able to have some live sports on television would be great, but that's a selfish point of view on my behalf. Yeah, and I read the I read some of the arguments uh, that said, hey, this really, it, it's not going to work. One thing was that the owners uh, went to the uh, Players Association and said, you know, the players are going to get uh, only a percentage of their salary. 40 was the number that was thrown out there. I don't know if that's what would really stick. Because putting everybody in Arizona would give you product to put on TV, and you would get paid a lot for that. But a lot of the games uh, are televised locally, not nationally. And, you know, playing in Arizona, as you could well attest, in the heat of the day in July, so they can be in prime time in the East, a lot of the TV rights wouldn't be worth as much uh, to those Eastern clubs because if you play at night to avoid the heat, you know, you're going to end up playing at 2 in the morning on the East Coast, and that's just not going to draw that big an audience. So there was that. They're going to lose all the ticket revenue money. They're going to lose sponsorship money because they won't be playing in the stadiums with all the signage. I mean, they were going down a whole list of things that they were going to lose. The concession... uh, uh, money they would lose a lot of money because they wouldn't sell as many hats and jerseys. Like you, when you go to games, you often buy a hat at a ballpark. When you go somewhere, they'd lose that. So the players were only going to be getting maybe forty percent of their salary and spending four and a half months apart. And then there's the whole medical element about making it safe. MLB came out and said uh, the statement says MLB has been actively considering numerous contingency plans that would allow play to commence once the public health situation has improved to the point that it's safe to do so. While we've discussed the idea of staging games at one location as one potential option, we've not settled on that option or developed a detailed plan. So baseball, uh, walking back our hopes a little bit. <laughs> Again, I'm going to keep the hope alive, man. I'm, I'm not going to walk back hope. You're going to have to go someplace else. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Dane Brugler, NFL draft writer for The Athletic, is going to join us at 830. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end. A senior now. Going to be here at 9 o'clock. We will uh, talk football with him. Also today, 18th anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday to the DJ and PK show. How about that? Yeah, we got a question up on Facebook. What do you attribute the show's awesomeness and longevity to? (laughs) One subjective, one objective. Good work, PK. (laughs) Uh, That's already drawn about 25 comments on our Facebook page. (laughs) We'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK. When we come back, your reaction. We'll put it out on Twitter, David DJ James. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Athletes have wanted parts of the franchise before. Didn't you get 15 points in your uh, semi-pro hockey team? Didn't you didn't get 15% of that club? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was, uh, I don't want to get into it. What was the name of the goalie you had on that team there, Gordon? Well, for a couple of years, it was Bill Pugsley. But, you know, in, uh, I, I sort of, we've parted ways. I haven't really kept up with him. Bill Pugsley. <laughs> Man, he could really stop that puck. <laughs> Not to be confused no, with the no, right no. winger, John Ice Nettington. <laughs> 
Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call us at 801-453-2222 for upfront pricing and satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. 18 years, PK. Who knew? I can honestly say in 2002, I didn't even think about 2020 for a second. Never crossed my mind. (laughs) I prayed for it. And here we are. I wanted it to happen. It's been a blessing. That is true. No doubt about it. We are fortunate. What do you attribute the show's awesomeness and longevity to? <laughs> well, yeah. What's wrong with that? Uh, it's funny. It's a little self-congratulatory. <laughs> well, if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? Nobody. Nobody. My mama told me, if you don't help yourself, who's going to help you? <laughs> she always said, the Lord helps those who help themselves. I love it when she quoted the Lord. <laughs> Ida. So, and it's going like it is. Come on, you're not lasting 18 years unless you're pretty good at it. True story. Sam says the same reason that Rush Hour was a success. I got to say, I've never thought of Rush Hour when thinking about this show and thinking, what do those two have in common? But Sam says it's the same reason that the movie Rush Hour, that actually not the movie, the franchise Rush Hour was a success. One has a huge ego and talks incessantly, and the other is calm and just gets bleep done. <laughs> Who's whom? <laughs> I think I think we know. <laughs> what do we know? You gotta see you gotta see the uh, the gift that goes with it. It is a classic. <laughs> You're telling me I have a huge ego? Come on. You got to see. There's nobody. Who's- Chris Tucker is just he's snapping his fingers. He's dancing. He's bobbing and weaving. I can tell. Nobody totally who thinks less that. of himself than me. I have a, a huge ego. That's just not true. Uh, just for radio show purposes. Then, you know, at 10.01, you go back to being you. <laughs> Yak I mean, is I'm- now nodding. Yak is now nodding big time. I'm blessed to be right a lot of the times, but I think. There we just- go. There we go. That's just, that that's just DNA. That's not an ego. That's DNA. I'm Jackie Chan. You're Chris Tucker. That's just the way it is. The world according to Sam Milner. Clark says, dang, I remember when y'all were talking about the 10-year anniversary. Congrats, fellas. Thanks. Thank you, Clark. Uh, I think that uh, Chowder Chowder Martinez probably hits it on the nose right here, which is why he got three thumbs up and one laughing emoji for his take. Chowder says, the key to the 18-year run is PK's awesome singing voice. Brutal. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. And I can't. Painful. I kissed the girl and I liked it. Classic. (laughs) 
I don't know how he could come up with Kiss and Axl Rose and Katy Perry so quick. Oh, I'm sure he's got another trifecta for us <laughs> if he wants. Just... I want to rock and roll all night. That's a good <laughs> Tell me, baby, baby, do I need to know? I need to know. Uh, no, I'm a little uncomfortable with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Mark Anthony, isn't it? That it oh, is. yeah, okay. <laughs> he used to be married or dated J-Lo or something back in the day. Come on. Uh, Devin's been listening to us for a long time. Faithful listener, big Portland Trailblazer fan, loves himself some Oregon Ducks. And Devin says the key is being jazzed about Vegas. I'm sure Debbie would concur. <laughs> you don't really oh. sound like a Debbie. Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I'm insulting. You had the biggest insult in 18 years. That's probably true. <laughs> I just... Uh, I just did a, uh, a Zoom call on Monday with um, college friends and spouses. There were 21 of us on it, and we were in every time zone, spread out all over the country. And one of them said, what are you talking about on that sports talk radio show right now? And they started coming up with people I should, in- I should interview. And back in the day in college, we did a, a trivia show there were four or five of us who did that together and i obviously did the sports trivia on it and the uh (laughs) one of the guys is like yeah go back and get some of the classics you can't interview athletes now why don't you just interview don wells i'm like oh we've interviewed don wells and they were blown away they could not believe it and so then i started going through uh, don wells barry well uh barry williams from the brady bunch and then when I dropped Doc from the Love Boat and hanging up on him, told him the whole jazz about Vegas story, they were dying. They were they were loving that. We need we need some more of those. Uh, we need some more of those celebs on the show. We need to get we need to get the cast to Saved by the Bell just to just to make sure you have a great week. A week rotating through that cast, you, you'd go nuts. I've already spoken to Mr. Belding throughout the first pitch with him. Bees game, and I painted the black. little bender there, start it outside, and then break it over the edge? No. Oh, no. I just threw heat, straight heat. (laughs) I I don't try to junk people, man. You're getting my heat, and if you can muster it, good on you. But you're getting my heat, and I threw it from the mound, from the rubber, 60 feet, 6 inches. This ain't no ego. You can get Clowkey. He can verify. He was up in the box. He saw the gun. I painted the black. Hit the corner, man. That ain't junk. Ain't, that's your stuff. Trying to get him out on guile. No, I just try to get him out on testosterone. That's what I got. Ain't got no ego involved. Ron Corkins is another longtime regular listener of the show. Ron's hardcore. It's people, it's people like Ron and Devin who've helped uh, keep us afloat all these years. Ron says, key to the show, defecating chickens. <laughs> that's mm. an old joke. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa Munster. <laughs> Brian says the key to the show is nepotism. How do you figure, Brian? Well, you're Paul James's nephew. That's how you figure. <laughs> I'm really not. Thanks, Uncle Paul. <laughs> the old Utah Paul State. got me... The old Paul got me two things, man. Yep. What's that? He, he got me a wooden vote, and the Toppin kid from uh, Miami of Ohio won it. They announced it yesterday, and that's who I voted for. And he told me, he said, get with my nephew, man. 
<laughs> I can really help you. <laughs> My nephew. <laughs> I walked up behind him at a BYU-Utah State game up in Logan in the press box, and I was going, it was a narrow press box, the old one, and I was going from one end to the other where my seat was, and just as I was passing, he was talking to a couple of people, and all I hear is, yeah, he's my older brother, <laughs> and got a big laugh with it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Daryl says the key to the show all these years has been unity in the community. No doubt about it, man. Why were you forging unity in the community? What was that? Was that about a BYU-Utah football game? What was that all about? Or was because the Jazz hey. were making a playoff run and it was finally bringing us together? What was it? Uh, I think it might have been the BYU-Utah thing and, you know, the rancor, the toxicity. I love that word that they were using for a while, you know, how they were, uh, at least for basketball, while they couldn't play it for one season. And uh, so I was trying to bring people together, which is so typical of me being a uniter and not a divider, that it just came to me in a moment of inspiration. You know, like some of these songwriters, it just comes to them on an elevator and they've got to write it down. And that phrase just came to me in a manner that I really believe I was directed from on high. And so I said it, I uttered it, and it became one of the most famous sayings in our community in with the unity. And it just it flowed so natural. And I'm so happy and so proud that I said it. I don't even take any of the credit for the brilliance because I believe it was inspiration. And I know you, I know you folk believe in inspiration. Irregardless, Jim says that's the whole key. And he spells, he spells irregardless with a U, which I, I think typically you don't, you don't do. But he did. Hmm. Well, irregardless of his spelling, I think that's something to be said that has some truth to it. You know, you have to look at the situations and say, okay, well, irregardless of this or that, what do we do? That's how I lose every single debate on this show is when I'm really on fire, PK just dismisses it with, irregardless. Right. It goes on to whatever. <laughs> uh, usually a salient point follows. Or pure BS, one or the other. Always mocking me, putting me down, but I just slough it off and just continue to go on. Jack says, the key to your show has been the passion for sports in Utah. You're crazy if you think it couldn't be done without PK and his singing, though. Verdict's still out on DJ and his statistical analysis. Congratulations, guys. Here's to 20 more. (laughs) We have definitely ridden the passion for sports in Utah. Taking care of business every day! There's some passion. (laughs) I'm nothing if not passionate. And I get, I think the good thing about us here, in all sincerity, is we both have passion for sports. There's no question about it, obviously. We love them. To me, they're the number one thing. Yak is going to post something here about how I say sports, sports never mattered more than they matter right now. Sent it to him earlier this morning, and I really believe that. They don't necessarily matter the result, but the actual competition, it's a lot of fun, and we need it. And so we have this sports passion that can rival anybody's. But neither one of us grew up here. You know, you were kind of the San Diego angle a little bit, but that, you know, you gotten over that as far as BYU being able to win. I didn't grow up with any form of any connection to any Utah sport whatsoever, right? So I have, I like them all now uh, because I've been around for a long time and I know the coaches and, uh, and, and the administrators at places and I want to see them succeed, but I don't really have that inherent fan bias one way or the other because I didn't grow up here. 
So I think it's really worked well. Two guys who, you know, I was born and lived the uh, uh, first part of my life back east, but then the formative years more so in Arizona and then moved to L.A. And so we were close enough to be aware of what was going on. And when I lived in Arizona, they played BYU and Utah, and also obviously the same thing in California. So when I got here, I wasn't like completely, totally starting from scratch and got up to speed pretty quick. And so then we can come in here, and I think people respect that, knowing that. And I've made no bones about where my fan allegiances are. And so they can respect that and feel like we're giving honest takes. Recognizing now, though, that I wrote, I root for all of them to win. I'll be the first one to say it. I'm a fan of them all. I've got no problem saying it. I've got friendships with some of these people, and I want to see them succeed. So I think that it helped us being sports crazies who grew up nearby but didn't grow up here. Yeah, I can see why that paid off. Um, But you're right. We were aware of what was going on, and you know where you were with some big games. I know where I was. I distinctly remember going to this Mexican food restaurant that was very popular at the time in uh, Santa Barbara, the Acapulco, and eating and watching Game 5 of the Lakers and Jazz playoff series in 88. And it was a huge Laker town. And so, and I was already working doing sports. Uh, I was doing sports radio then, and everybody was into that series. So it kind of gave me a little early, uh, you know, early history on the jazz transitioning into the market. You know, I knew all about that. The pizza place I was at in Santa Barbara when BYU played Miami was after a UCSB football <laughs> game. Missed the start of it. So you got these moments. You're like, I don't know why that's important to me. And then all of a sudden, it turns out that's eh, a good thing. You know something about that Detmer BYU Miami game. Uh, and both of your memories involve food. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Both times I'm in some place I can eat and watch sports. Yeah! All right! Uh, let's see. we got more people coming in here with uh, theories on uh, why we've lasted 18 years. Uh, because they're so real, Margaret says. Congrats. We're real, PK. Oh, I am real. I am nothing if not real. I'm honest. I'm open. I give you everything that I say about myself, this gospel truth, and I lay it out there. I expose myself in a manner, don't think the other way, but in a manner that is so raw, and people just eat that up. That's part of who I am and what I bring every day. And and I got to say, all ego aside, it really is beautiful (laughs) Uh, Eric says uh, you guys have succeeded because the lack of alternative options in sports talk radio what are you talking about we've had three stations on the air at the same time how many markets have three sports stations (laughs) New York right a few more people (laughs) just saying yeah that's always a go-to move well there's nobody else no other local shows gee I wonder why John attributes our success to old age. I'm getting there. <laughs> it's, it's a process. You know, old age is relative. Uh, I was in the went uh, at Rice Eccles this past season, and I have a friend who knows the uh, Arizona State uh, athletic director. 
So I uh, went up to them, and I told you the story. They actually reconnected and played golf in Phoenix over the winter this year help him because part of the deal is I helped them reconnect. And so Ray Anderson is in his 60s, and I told him when I graduated college, and he said, oh, you're just a kid then. So, you know, age is uh, perspective. When you're 20, 35 is old, when you're 35, 50 is old, and when you're 50, 65 is old, and so forth and so on. So I hope I get to that point where everyone recognizes me as old because that means I've lived a long, good life, and that's, that's the goal. At the same time, Dan tweets at us, you guys have succeeded because of your youthfulness and bravado. I don't really have any bravado. I just think I'm bold and willing to stay, go places where others don't go. I wouldn't call it bravado. I, don't, I, I mean, there's reasons. There's several reasons for my greatness, but I wouldn't necessarily list bravado as one of them. I've heard of people who like to toy with other human beings a lot, so maybe he likes to do that. David says that you guys have succeeded this long because PK's got a sultry singing voice. I would agree with that. I think that, man, I can really conjure up romantic evenings when I start belting out those types of blues tunes. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Right. I mean, the Spice Girls thought about integrating and breaking the gender line when they heard me sing. Woo-hoo! You know I've been a real bad girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I think this is probably one of the better answers right here. I think we'll finish right here with Colton. Colton says, uh, you guys have been successful because of construction on I-15. Hasn't hurt. Hasn't hurt, that's for sure. All right, DJ and PK, we got a new feature to debut. PK was texting us about this last night. I think it's an excellent idea. Stand by to play along. We'll do that next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, PK, new feature. You texted us last night. You want to start this off. I think this has some possibilities here. Yeah, I'm thinking, obviously, we spend a lot of time watching sports, and most of the time, all three of us, we know to uh, almost about 98% accuracy what we watched the prior night because if it's a jazz game or whatnot, we've all watched it so we can come in and be educated about it. And Yach does it, you do it, I do it. Well, we don't have that, obviously. So I thought it would be an entertaining thing, and we can open it up to the folks. What did you watch last night? I watched a lot of TV last night. I had the, uh, the Masters, the 1975 Masters recap, which was on the Golf Channel. 
Johnny yes. Miller, Tom Weiskopf. Johnny Miller had some typically hilarious lines. Uh, Miller and Weiskopf and Jack Nicholas. And Jack makes like a 40-footer. 40-footer. At 16, <laughs> right? <laughs> and interviewing. And so afterwards, as they're going to do the jacket presentation and all that, and all the guys are going out there, and there was some kind of private or at least semi-private moment. And Nicholas, according to Miller, Nicholas kind of leaning in and whispers, he goes, Thanks for being so good out there, Megan. That was thrilling. That was, I mean, you really made it. That was great. And Miller, they cut to Miller on camera, and he's kind of, he's kind of bouncing in his chair, laughing a little bit. Well, like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, you know, you won. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. So I saw that. Yeah, so, I watched yeah. uh, five episodes or four or five episodes of The Office at the end of season five now. Always had liked the show on the rare occasions I saw it, but we watch so much sports, I don't really watch that much primetime scripted stuff. So I've been watching The Office from the start, and uh, I've been enjoying that. That was good. And then I caught a little bit of Sports Center. Your guy, the uh, you were talking about the uh, the Wooden Award, Obi Toppin, and they did a thing on him right off the uh, top of Sports Center, at least early in in Sports Center, about all the good stuff he'd done, the big year he'd had, and how he'd helped his team. So I watched a little bit of that, and they had a Cal Ripken Jr. interview, and I watched that. And then they brought in a uh, comedian and interviewed him, and that that was the end of that. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> so what'd you watch? My turn? Yes. What did you watch? Well, I did see that Masters thing that you said, too. Uh, and, and you know what I found interesting? That nobody wore hats in those days. All, the three that you just mentioned, Weisskopf, Nicholas, and Miller, they didn't have hats because they didn't realize that's an advertising billboard space. And so now to see a golfer without a hat is just shocking. I mean, we can all see Phil Mickelson with that KPG mm-hmm. or whatever it is that he wears all the time. KPMG, so they didn't yeah. do that. And then before that, they had another thing where a guy, I can't even remember his name, that he won because uh, it was a two-way tie, and the guy signed a wrong scorecard. And so he ended up being the Masters winner because the guy had a birdie, but his playing partner put down a par, and then the guy who had the birdie, uh, when he signed it, it was the wrong score. So they didn't uh, allow it, so he was disqualified. So it should have been a tie. And it ended up going to another fellow, and I can't even remember their names. Robert and, DiVincenzo and, and Bob and Golby in 1968. Okay, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. Yeah. And I, I, I had no idea about that. So I watched that. Then I... The, the uh, Tampa's receiver, the kid out of Texas A&M, Mike Evans... And, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Now, Mike Evans is all tatted up, and so usually there's some type of story there. Uh, And his mother gave birth to Mike Evans when she was 14 years of age. Whoa. And then eight years later, uh, so his mother's brother, uncle, was tired of Mike Evans's father. I don't know if they were married, so I'll just call him his father. Was tired of his fa- of Mike Evans's father beating up this man's sister, who was Mike Evans's mother, and cheating on her. 
So he went over one night. I don't know if liquor was involved. I don't remember. It would not surprise me. He went over with the intent to start something. Well, he ends up killing him. And so... And Mike Evans was in the house. Uh, his uncle killed his father. How about that? Not necessarily uh, a good story there. And then... So ESPN did something, and that Lisa Salters, uh, she went to prison to interview the uncle who killed Evans' father. Prison, unless he's died. I don't think he has, but I'm not sure on that. While in prison, uh, the uncle who'd already killed the father received a life sentence because he killed an inmate. And so they interviewed Evans and all this stuff, and you can see where that guy has had uh, a life, and now he's going to be probably Tom Brady's leading receiver uh, since uh, Brady's going to go. And Evans was really good. He was the receiver there when Mansell was the quarterback at A&M. You know, he's 6'5". He's got all the skills in the world. So I did not know any of that background story. So uh, watching that, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it was there. And holy cow, man. It's a lot of trauma for a kid. How difficult what that yeah. must be to have to go through that. That's a, that's a lot of trauma for a kid to have to deal with. was 14 years older than you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I watched. And that, and that was very interesting, interesting and captivating because I had no idea. And I certainly know who Mike Evans is. I remember him in, in college. And I know he's a big-time player on the receiving end of the most famous quarterback in the game and probably of all time. People are now tweeting office gifts at me while you were telling that story. So, got that going for me. Alan says... to watch last night. Alan says he watched Ratatouille last night. Off the beaten path pick there. Okay. Oh, but you have kids. Haven't you shown them that? We actually watched it earlier this week. I've seen that. Week. Yeah, right. I didn't watch anything last night. I was actually I was on the golf course I, last night. I saw it in the theater when it came out. I was out golfing last night, so. You win. Take a good time. Yeah. Tuning your game up for Mike Weir, aren't you? Got motivated. Yeah. Got Hello. motivated by that. <laughs> oh, by the way, for uh, Masters fans, because there's Masters stuff all over TV all week, Golf Channel, ESPN, and CBS, uh, we have Bob Casper on. And uh, many of you know that uh, um, he went to the Masters for many years with his dad because uh, Billy won it back in 1970. And they're showing those highlights at 10.15 Mountain Time today. That'll be on. Uh, And it looks like it's going to be on the Golf Channel, I think. Yes, Golf Channel today at uh, 10.15. 1970 Masters highlights. Yes, right after our show ends. 15 minutes after our show ends, Billy Casper will be on. The 1970 Masters highlights. Cool. And they've got uh, the, those older ones tend to be edited down. The, uh, nine, the At 1 o'clock today, they're yeah. showing the 1986 final round, which is where Jack Nicholas makes the charge and wins his last Masters and uh, makes a couple of massive putts. So you can check that out at uh, 1 o'clock. At 46 years of age. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That'll be on ESPN at 1 o'clock. Billy Casper's on the Golf Channel at 10.15. So, there you go. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dane Brugler, NFL Draft writer for The Athletic, is going to join us at 8.30. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, is here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.